the Lime episode six, Feature Creep. Ooh, sounds kind of scary. Yeah, I don't think that's the right button. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome to Be The Line, a podcast dedicated to helping you stand out. I am the greatest. Be unique. I don't know how to quit this, but kind of a big deal and separate yourself from the pack there's something wrong with us something very very wrong with us whether you want to market a business a brand or simply yourself you must be the line the world has enough lemons this is developing into a very bad habit Here's your host, who doesn't play well with others, and has a third-grade report card to prove it, Fred Rui. Hey everybody, welcome to Be The Lime, episode 6, Feature Creep. I'm Fred Rui, I'm your host. I was, well, I was your host last week and the week before. Matter of fact, I'm pretty much always your host, so deal with it. Matter of fact, last week we spoke about Twitter and why it's not the place for about 9 out of 10 businesses or brands. So if you missed that one and you're thinking about playing on the Twitter playground, then uh, go back and check that out. If I sound different this week, uh, it's not the cool filters I've discovered in uh, GarageBand. It's that I had a cold. So I'm a couple days late here. But, you know, as the podcasts go, the show must go on. Uh, actually, I'm not even sure if that's really true in podcasts. Maybe it's just stage. Maybe I'm allowed to take another week off. You know, so you know what? Let's just let's just end it right here. All right, fine, fine, fine. Enough. I'll go ahead and do it anyway. But before I get started, I want to remind people that there's even more content on BeTheLime.com, the website. Uh, you've heard of the whole interweb thing. I, I don't think it's a fad. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think you can check it out. But if you go to BeTheLime.com, sign up for the weekly email that goes out. When I say weekly, I mean whenever I feel like sending it. But uh, some really cool content. I'm really, really enjoying the feedback. It's been a lot of fun, this little social experiment and uh, it's it's been enlightening. It's, it's it's really been interesting to what I thought everybody needed to know and what everybody needed to know uh, are in some ways are two different things. So this has been really, really, really cool. Uh, this week, though, we're talking about one of the most dangerous or sabotaging elements to a business or brand. Some people obsess over every detail on their brand. Uh, these people call themselves detail-oriented or that they've got a great attention to detail. And, it, and that's pretty cool. Um, the problem is, is it, it's a valuable skill, but it can also cost you greatly because, you know what, it never ends. The changing of every last, you know, detail, um, you know, creates delays and, and nothing that actually gets out there into the real world. It's called feature creep. And it can kill a launch and create costly delays in capitalizing what's going on in the market. You can't react quickly. Uh, you know, everybody wants to add something else. You know, the term actually, I think, comes from software development. When during beta testing, people want more and more features added. And, and it's not that the features are bad ideas. It's just that it ends up being problematic because there is no shortage of good ideas. And when you keep stacking them on top of each other, um, it never gets launched. Now, sometimes we don't launch something in our business or our brand because of feature creep. And then sometimes we just do it because 
we get waylaid, waylaid by things that I can't even say the word waylaid by things that you know aren't aren't really helping us. So this week we're going to kind of learn a magic phrase that's helped me. I'm going to give you some examples. I'm actually going to give you seven tips later in the episode here. But this week I want to I want to center around a phrase that's going to sound a little bit like I'm being lazy, but I'm not, and I'm going to explain. But this week we're going to learn the phrase: Is it good enough? Now, I'm not saying to do something half-ass. I'm not saying to do something that is not quality, but I am saying, is it good enough? What's the minimum you need in place to get started? And the answer may surprise you. But first, let me give you an example of how this affects people almost every day. So about three years ago, I had a client that had a sports nutrition product. Well, more of an educational training, but you know the details aren't aren't that necessarily important. But you're going to get the idea in a real hurry here. But it was in the, it was in that market, which is it's a great program, uh, it's a great market, and it really was a unique spin on it that no one was doing anything like it. And and the market, like I said, is hot. So the sale would be pretty classic. The the, the method of which they would deliver. So you basically invite people to a web page. Uh, offer them some sort of free bribe in exchange for an email. And by the way, if you have not listened to the episode about uh, emails and email marketing, you definitely need to go back and listen to that. It is certainly one of the most powerful things you can do is build up that database of emails. So anyway, very classic you know, way we are doing this. Once they had the email, they could send them a series of emails all leading to an upgrade and an eventual sale to the training. And, and the model's perfect. It works for Everyone selling anything. Uh, I don't care if you're selling donuts. I don't care if you're selling a digital product. I don't care if you're just trying to build your brand and awareness. Um, you know, it's kind of called a funnel, if you will. So people come in via you know email. You have their emails, and it's you know what are you going to give them? You know, either a bribe or you're going to give them some information, videos. Uh, maybe maybe it's a webinar. Maybe it's some great looking PDFs or mind maps. But at the end of the day, sales are sales and branding is branding. So I don't care how you do it. It's just a matter of getting the right fit and making sure we're sending the right message. What was not perfect was the fact that they spent countless hours tweaking the training itself. I mean, and we're talking about obsessing over every particular detail. Did you know, by the way, there's a difference between crimson red and rusty red? And I, and I know that now. I didn't know that. If you showed me the two reds, I certainly wouldn't be able to name them. It wouldn't be a barrier either way for me. I sat in a two-hour meeting watching three or four people discuss which of those two colors should be used on a banner on the website in the training. Now, even though I'm getting a nice hourly rate, uh, I, I got to admit, I don't want to be bored either. So I watch this back and forth. I mean, I, I, I'm kidding. I kid you not. I have a, almost a, a stopwatch. Crimson red, rusty red. Which one should be in the banner on the right? And, and, and boy, I'll tell you what. It was like watching you know, uh, one of those uh, reality TV slash meets home makeover is the discussion of these two reds and the emotional... Uh, inference they got out of them. Oh my gosh. And, and maybe I was cranky. Maybe I was bored. But at some point under my breath, I said, you know, will either of these make an effing difference in the sale? And 
you know the difference between inside voice and outside voice, and, and clearly that must have been somewhat of an outside voice, because someone with an earshot asked me if I said something. Now, if you know me, and you know me under this format, I took it as the floor is now mine, and, and I'm over it, and you know what? You're paying me to, to give you my opinion, so I'm going to give you my opinion, and I said, will this make any effing difference in the sale? Now, I know it wouldn't because they're looking at me at blanks, blank faces because here's the funny part. So I, I continued on. So l- let's break it down. I said, one, this banner is in the training. They've already purchased your course. They're already on board. Now we're just trying to make sure that we delivered on the upfront promise. So will the, the question of will this affect a sale or hurt a sale is irrelevant because they've already bought. Secondly, I guess the question becomes, is someone really going to refund because as they look at your materials, the banner off to the right is crimson red instead of rusty red. Do you think someone actually goes into a training and, and, and would say, wow, this is a really cool training. I love this information. Oh, wow. Why'd they pick that color red? I'm out of here. You know, they all believe the banner should be red. Great. Just pick one and move on. So... I know that this example sounds incredibly idiotic to most of the people that are listening from the standpoint of like, well, yeah, I would never do that. But you know what? We all do it. What is your crimson red? What is your rusty red? Because I guarantee you in your business, and I've done it too, so I'm not shooting at anybody that, that you know, it, it's, it's not the whole glass houses thing. You know, I mean, I definitely have done it as well. So you see the key phrase that helps me when I'm building a new project is this. Will X prevent a sale or, in the other case, will X cause a refund? Now, if the answer is likely no, then move on already. There is really no point in dwelling on it. Now, before I continue, let me be very clear, and this is kind of a disclaimer again, and I mentioned it early on, I'm not talking about half-ass workout here. Okay, you need to do a good job. You need to deliver good materials. I'm a huge fan of A-B testing. Change something to see if you get an improvement in sales or whatever your goal may be. So maybe you change a headline. Maybe you change something else. Maybe in these guys' case, you run with crimson red and then change the color and see if all of a sudden your refund rate changes by doing rusty red. It wouldn't, but you know what? A-B testing is a tweak Okay, but if you never get off the ground because you obsess over the smallest details, you'll never get off the ground ever. And I can tell you that any project that never gets off the ground does not have any sales. That's that's not rocket science or brain surgery or brain science or whatever rocket surgery, whatever term you want to use. <laughs> to finish the story, this client never really got the product up and running. Um, the following month actually was funny as they spent on tweaking a text message alert system, which may or may not have been a good idea. Forget the fact that since they'd not sold anyone yet, they had no idea if even anyone wanted a text message alert system. So so now they were spending time on stuff that they didn't even know if anybody wanted. Talk about feature creep extreme. So needless to say, it was one of those clients I had to simply walk away from, which is very rare um, particularly, you know, most people, if they bring me in, they're like, okay, look, I want to hear what you have to say. 
And I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I really couldn't. So three years later, the product never really got off the ground, despite I don't know how many tens of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on this thing. And the edge they had had been bested by three or four other programs that are out there doing the same thing. The, the window is gone. So if this story sounds familiar, it really should. We've all been there. We get excited about launching something. Uh, we get about 80% of the way there, then stall out on the little things. And I hear it all the time, you know, and, and sometimes I just wish, you know, we could listen to ourselves as we're talking, but it's like, you know, someone say, I want to launch my website, but I can't until I have my logo. And I just want to say, bullshit. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can say that on a podcast, right? Uh, I want to start tweeting, but I don't have a website to send them to, so I better wait. Nah, bullshit. Uh, I want to start a Facebook page, but I better wait until blah, 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 blah. You know, some things should be done in order, no question. But th the things that we choose, I mean, I, look, I've known people that they don't start anything until they have just the right computer or the right desk, or something like that. Like that, That's going to make a difference out there. I've seen some of the best people marketing online in the world travel the world while they're doing it. That's the reason I started this model years and years ago for me is I wanted to travel the world. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of the country. Well, I just got back in the country. I'm going to be out of the country again in two weeks for about two weeks. At the end of the year, I'm probably going to be out of the country for about six months so I have to be able to do this from anywhere. So don't tell me that you've got to have a certain desk or a certain internet connection or a certain you know, type of computer or whatever to run a business. You don't. Not in today's society. There's some fabulous tools that allow you to do anything from anywhere. So I'm just going to have to call bullshit on that is that you probably have, here's another phrase for you right now. Here's another phrase. You have all you need. My guess is if you're listening to this podcast or you're reading this on bethelime.com, you have all you need to launch something. It may be not huge. It may not be big. Uh, it may not be anywhere where it's ultimately going to end up. But you have all you need to get started and start to get some traction. So if, if you're listening to this, I'm going to guess this is not your first podcast about building a brand you've downloaded. Um, if it is, then welcome. Hey, I'm glad I'm the first. But matter of fact, I'm also willing to bet you have a couple of trainings squirreled away on your computer that you have yet to finish or even open. And trust me, I've been there. You figure as soon as I get time to watch that training from XYZ, whoever it may be, Skippy, I will be ready to launch my idea. And here we are. And if, if I sound harsh, it's because I am. If I sound like I can relate, it's because I can. I have been that person. All my ducks had to be in a row. The website, the bribe, the product. If I, if I just learned about video, if I had just learned about webinars, and oh, if I just found this other thing I could do and how to, how to leverage YouTube to get traffic and Twitter to do this. And, you know, t take a look where I am now. Take a look at Be The Line. Okay, you're listening to the podcast. You're reading this online. Uh, you're going to the site. You're signing up for the e-letter. When I launched this just several weeks ago, um, I had no clue where it would go. It was simply a concept. Now, granted, I've, I've got some stuff I can bring into the mix that, that I have an idea, but I had no clue what I would ultimately do product-wise. Why? Because I'm letting the listeners and readers guide me. 
You should start something with an end game in mind, but you also need to be flexible and act quickly. So when I started Be The Lime, I was going to offer at some point a training, and, and I still will. Uh, what I thought that training would look like for people at, at a reasonable price, I'm sick of these you know multi-thousand dollar programs out there, but I wanted to offer a training and I wanted to include what I thought was going to be it, but what I thought the training would be about is different than I'm hearing what the need is out in the market. So imagine if I spent a couple months building a training to go with Be The Lime. I launched it, I launched the podcast, I had the website, I had this, and then I sent it out there and nobody was interested in that training. And I would have spent all that time, a couple months building it. Big waste of time. And I'm not even talking about the dangers of feature creep, I'm just talking about if I started to do that. What I'm finding is, by putting this out there the way I did, is that I'm finding that now when I do Be The Lime trainings or mini trainings, they're, they're tailored to specifically what people are asking for. And I'm finding some of the information is much more basic than I thought possible, but it's important we're all on the same page. If you go back to the first several episodes of the podcast, it was very much, uh, let's get on the same page of just some things conceptually. And now we're starting to get a little bit more into specific task-oriented advanced, more, I don't want to say advanced, but more advanced strategies. We Now that we've established the vocabulary that we can talk, now we can talk about how to interpretate that. So no waste of time, no feature creep. You have all you need. So here's some tips uh, that, that I think you can kind of keep in mind. And, and I'll come up with seven of them because I there's always seven. So here's some tips to keep you on track. Um, number one, set a realistic deadline. Don't pick a general date like this fall. Um, I used to be really, really bad about this. So I'd say, you know what? This fall or by the end of the year or first part by next year, I'm going to do this and stuff. You won't hit it. Fall becomes winter, winter becomes spring, spring becomes summer, and so on and so on. And all of a sudden, it hasn't done. Pick, pick a specific date, like October 10th, and then back into your tasks that need to happen on earlier dates to hit that deadline. So you can kind of go, okay, well, if I'm, you know, October, uh, you know, if I need this October 10th, then September, uh, uh, you know, August, I'm going to need this. You know, August, I need this. September, I need this to, you know, all get on track for October, whatever it may be. Um, so you can kind of back into your dates and make sure you're always on schedule. Uh, number two, let's see. Realistic deadline number two would be set a budget, okay? You can always add things later. When you're launching something new, I like to think of the cool bells and whistles coming out of profits. So you don't have to get the highest and best, you know, hosting or highest and best, you know, webinar concept thing, whatever it may be. Um, if your concept is good, you will sell. And once you're selling, you tweak the product and build a product bigger after sales occur. I'm not saying the product shouldn't look good. I'm not saying to, to go, you know, I mean, I, I'm real big. At, next week, we're going to talk about websites. I'm real big about how a dedicated website is and what it should look like. I'm not saying to, to make it look bad. I'm just saying you don't necessarily always need the finest, hottest, most expensive program out there. So we're talking about, you know, building an email list, for example. Uh, you know, MailChimp is free at the first level. AWeber is very inexpensive. Infusionsoft is pricier, but it's it's an 800-pound gorilla. It does everything. You don't have to start out with the biggest and the best and start blowing your budget early. Okay, so let's see. Number one, set a realistic deadline. Number two, we did set a budget. Number three, uh, let's go with outsourcing small things. Okay, 
So here's a phrase that I, I love. What is the highest and best use of your time? Okay, what is the highest and best use of your time? Because these are the things that often really have us delayed, uh, that really delay our projects. Um, not because of feature creep. Feature creep is really when you're adding something new. You're like, oh, I got an idea. Oh, wait, it'd be really cool if I had this. Oh, it'd be really neat if I had this too. No, this is stuff that's just delayed because you know what? We're just not good enough at it, but we try to do it anyway because we're control freaks. If you're an amateur at Photoshop, then jump on Fiverr.com and hire someone to do your logo. If you aren't very good at writing or you need something rewritten and you're taking forever, then hire somebody off iWriter.com. Okay, use what's the highest and best use of your time versus what's just a time suck and you're not very good at it anyway. And you know what? You don't have to be good at everything. And the, the biggest thing, the biggest problem for entrepreneurs is we're control freaks. We want to do everything. We want our hands in logo. We want to do Photoshop. We want to do everything possible. And the fact of the matter is, even if you have the ability to do it, it just takes you too long. And I get budget, but you know what? There are so many things. Like I mentioned Fiverr and iWriter and things like that. There's so many places out there to get stuff really, really cheap. Uh, even Elance, if you're going for something more sophisticated. I needed some videos done the other day. I needed videos redone. Uh, they're in a training on a program that we have. And we discovered that the videos were not showing up on the iPhones very well. The, the audio portion of it was not. Now, these are 38 different videos, all of about anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes each. Some are a little bit longer, some are a little bit shorter. To re-encode these videos, which, by the way, was an absolute nightmare. It had something to do with the camera I was using, and it was an AAC file that went to an MP4 that became a... Um, it got gummed up with gummy bears. I don't know what it is. Anyway, for me to do that would have taken... I don't know how many hours. Forget about the fact of actually converting these files and readdressing the audio and stuff like that to redo them and upload them, all this stuff. I hired somebody off Elance for literally 120 bucks to do 38 videos for 120 bucks. The guy lives over in Croatia uh, and he's doing it and he does it at night and it's a part-time job and, and that's what it is. I mean, basically it's $7 an hour, I think is what the guy's getting. And that's what he bid. And, and, and look, I mean, you can argue all you want about, you know, you need to hire Americans and, and, and all this stuff. And you know what? I would gladly do that, but I can't, you know, run the numbers when I've got somebody all over. And it's an international world. And I hire people off Elance that are both national and international. And, you know, you can look at the reviews. You can see what kind of work they get done. And that's what it takes. But, you know, if I would have been doing that myself, and I am one of those people who would like to do it myself, it would take me forever. I mean, it would probably take me a week. It would probably take me a week to even figure out the problem, let alone another week to probably, you know, do it. So I hired somebody. And within two days, 120 bucks, I've got all the new videos. And you know what? This is an existing course that I just moved to a new platform. I was just having trouble on one component, and that's playing on the iPhones, and I just wanted to clean it up. So outsource the small things that either you're not good at or are just going to be a big old time suck. So just get rid of them and get somebody else working on them and you know, make that part of your budget. So what are we on? Number four here. Um, let's see. What do we? So so far we have realistic deadlines, set a budget, uh, outsource small things. You know th this one I mentioned, but I want to make sure it's on the list because if you're only keeping these seven, will X, whatever X is, prevent a sale or cause a refund? Okay. So whenever you get to a point on your project, building your brand, moving your brand, doing whatever, you can always tweak. You can always A/B test later, and you should. But you have to keep 
building and keep moving forward. So just keep that phrase. When you get to something, it's like, look, man, I don't know if this looks good enough. I don't know if this is good enough. Will this prevent a sale or cause a refund? If you answer yes and say, hey, I think this would prevent a sale, then absolutely address it. But if you think it's a small enough item or at the end of the day, it's not, you know, no one's going to notice or it's not going to prevent a sale or it's not going to prevent somebody from walking into your business or not prevent somebody from, you know, calling you up and using your services, then move on to something else. Okay. Uh, let's see. Number five, um, you know, I, I'm real big about testing on a small scale. And this is something I kind of learned the hard way. Um, you might not know if your idea will even work. So, Let's say I wanted to know if um, cat slippers would be a good training to sell. How to make cat slippers. Um, if you'll notice in my examples, I work in cats a lot for whatever reason. Um, you know, maybe it's because of you know we're all brainwashed on Facebook and everything's about cats and, and things like that. So um, you know, so let's say I want to know if cat slippers would would be a good training. How to make cat slippers. Now after searching around and finding no one else in the cat slipper market, uh, and I haven't searched for this, by the way, and I have a feeling, I'm I'm kind of afraid to, because I have a feeling if I do search for it, there is somebody making cat slippers, but let's just say no one else in the industry. uh, That might be a reason to bail. That might be a reason to just to not do it. I don't like to do things that no one's done before, because quite frankly, that's an uphill battle, and maybe there's no audience. Or let's just say that there isn't, there is no real audience out there, or or no one else is doing it. I should say, I might run a couple ads on Facebook for less than fifty bucks. Okay, I haven't wait. Remember, time is money. For less than fifty bucks, and see if I get any interest. So I might put an ad, show a cat with some cat slippers on it, and go, "Hey, wouldn't you love to have your cat have cat slippers?" I really don't know where I'm going with this, uh, as far as the cat slipper industry. But you know, whatever it is. So I got a, I got a cute picture of a cat with slippers and wouldn't you love to know how to make cat slippers and blah, blah, blah. And I got a Facebook ad and I do a couple of Facebook ads. And then, uh, you know, the ad would send him to an article or something. Maybe, you know, maybe I write a little quick little article on cat slippers and how cats really like slippers and it keeps their feet warm, something like that. Um, and then, you know, do that, do that ad on Facebook. Again, less than 50 bucks. I could target it easily because we'll talk about targeting and Facebooks in another episode, but basically I could target it to not only pet owners, I could target it to cat lovers and I could target to people that only love cats and all that other stuff. Uh, So I'd have a pretty defined universe. If no one's clicking on that and I don't get any kind of traction, there's my answer. There's my answer. I didn't build my cat slipper training. I didn't build my cat slipper funnel. I didn't build my cat slipper free videos. I didn't build my cat slipper special report. All I did was do a ad and I did a small write-up on a blog. And I don't care if they sign up for my email list or not in this particular case. I just want to see if there's any traction. And then in running this test, it turned out there wasn't any traction. So guess what? I didn't waste any time. Time to go do something else. Time to find something else. Maybe dog slippers will work. I don't know. But so number five, I think it was, uh, test on a small scale before you put a whole lot of effort into everything else. Uh, let's see. Let's bring us to number six. We get that. Let's see. Um, shiny objects. Here we go. Avoid shiny objects or the next big thing. And, you know, marketers do a great job, particularly on the internet, feeding us the next big thing we need to buy. 
webinar software, auto Facebook posts, Twitter domination tactics, uh, whatever. Some of them are pretty cool. Um, some of them really are. Some of them I'm looking at going, wow, that's kind of a neat idea. That's a neat take. Uh, some of them are a big waste of time. Matter of fact, more of them, more than not, are a big waste of time. And they're a distraction and could hurt your business. So what, whatever you decided to launch with on your brand, I don't care if it's a webinar, I don't care if it's some, a series of blog posts, it's a series of videos, whatever it may be, whatever it is you've decided to launch with your brand, stick with that at least through the launch. You can always add something later. Matter of fact, if your inbox is filled with you know cool new stuff from the gurus, then I'm going to tell you to one, just mute those emails, put them to another inbox, and just don't even read them while you're trying to build your product. They'll just be a distraction. So that brings us to number seven. Uh, How many did I say I was going to do? Did I say I was going to do seven? Okay, so I got to come up with one more. So let's see. We have realistic deadlines, set a budget, outsource the small things, uh, decide what will what will you know will it prevent a sale or, or cause a refund? Uh, we did test on a small scale. We had avoid shiny objects, and number seven, I'm going to just go to the old fashioned focus. Um, I'm a big fan of those extra large post-it notes you can hang on your wall. Uh, right now, there are five of them on my walls um, for different projects in my office. They're all over the place. Uh, items are prioritized. Uh, I can put things on there and say, okay, this is what this is what's going to take to launch this particular project or this brand. And here's some things we might do down the line, but I can keep pushing off those things so that I don't have that feature creep. So I don't have those things that are like, hey, this is a great idea. I'll still put it on the board, but it'll be on the right side of the board. Uh, items are prioritized. You know, if there's ever a lull in the action, uh, I you know I'm sitting at my computer and I get distracted by something, I can go straight to the board and know what I should be working on because it's all written up. They're also great motivators because you can check items off when they're completed. And, and, and I tell you what, that feels good because you can be in a project and not know you're moving forward. And then you'll look over at the board and you'll go, wow, okay, you know, I checked off like half of it. I, I got to keep going. Uh, so even when you feel you're not making progress, you can by doing that. So this week, I want you to look at something that has been sitting on your desk for some time. Uh, a project you've been thinking about, uh, an item, something about promoting your brand. Um, you know, it's that almost ready to launch item. And ask yourself, is it good enough? Now, chances are at this point, it's 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 not. You probably have a little bit of stuff to finish out on it. But what do you need to do to make it good enough to finally get it out there? Enough delays, enough feature creep. So I'm going to leave you with this before we close here. All right. Acting incorrectly is not the worst that can happen to an entrepreneur or a brand. Inaction is. So let me say that again. Acting incorrectly is not the worst thing that can happen to an entrepreneur or a brand. Inaction is. So thanks for listening. Next episode, we're going to talk about websites. With all this social media attention, are websites still relevant And if so, what should you be focusing on for your website? And spoiler alert, it's probably not what you think. So until then, I'm Fred Rui. And remember, be the lime. The world has enough lemons. You've been listening to Fred Rui on Be the Lime. 
Get even more helpful tips, strategies, and general mayhem online at BeTheLine.com. Until next time, remember, the world has enough lemons. Be the line.